Welcome to Greenfish Blue Oceans, the podcast where stories about seafood are good for you and the oceans. I'm Maureen Barry. This week, I'm tackling G is for gooey duck and grouper. Let's get the super basic stuff out of the way. What is a gooey duck and why is it pronounced gooey duck when it's spelled G-E-O-D-U-C-K like geoduck? Well, gooey duck is a clam. And according to Smithsonian, the name gooey duck comes from the Nisqually Indian gooey duck, which means dig deep. The gooey duck clam uses its tiny foot to burrow into the seafloor and sand as it grows. The first time I saw gooey duck was in 2006. I was eating lunch at Sushi Tommy, a sushi bar with a very good reputation, but not so good location. In fact, I remember being dubious when my friend Belin told me about Sushi Tommy. I was familiar with the area and it didn't strike me as the place for good sushi. Next to a Walmart? Hmm. But it was the chef that made the place, not the location, she insisted. The joint was nothing special. A small space with a dozen or so bistro tables, a few booths along the wall, and a half a dozen bar stools at the sushi bar. There was one seat at the sushi bar that day. I saddled up to a display of fish, blood red tuna, octopus, salmon, and wait, what is that? A beige phallic looking glob. An almost grotesque creature was wedged in the corner of the sushi display. A large rubber band was wrapped around its shell. It was a gooey duck. So of course I ordered some. Although I do love clams in general, but this was something else. I might have been fascinated more than anything. Chef nodded to me, a knowing approval, really. He sliced three slivers, and I mean slivers, of the gooey duck. Drizzled a little olive oil over the top, a kiss of salt, and that was it. The clam hit my tongue, and I was transported to the Pacific Ocean, big surf, briny water. Gooey duck does have a slightly chewy texture, of course. It's a clam, but it's also super tender and a little nutty in flavor. This is not the clam to chop up and make clam chowder or fritters. You want to eat clam crudo or ceviche. So where can you find gooey duck? You can find gooey duck in the Pacific Northwest. Think Washington State and British Columbia. But related species are also found from Argentina to New Zealand and Japan. Gooey duck is a burrowing clam. It loves the sand. Its shell is soft and it averages around six inches. Its neck or its siphon can grow as long as three feet. The clam weighs about two to three pounds on average, but can grow up to 14 pounds. These things are huge. Undoubtedly though, the most unusual thing about this species is its appearance. Its neck looks like a leathered elephant trunk growing out of the shell. It's pretty cool actually. So what's the sustainable status of a gooey duck? Well, there's good news, friends. Seafood Watch and Environmental Defense Fund rate gooey duck best choice and good alternative. No red labels on this species. 
gooey duck populations are healthy, and the method of harvest doesn't harm the habitat. Clam diggers use a handheld water jet called a stinger to extract the clams from the sand. There's a YouTube link in the show notes so you can see gooey duck harvesting in action. And I also included a YouTube video showing how a gooey duck is cleaned and served in Japan. Pretty cool stuff. So where can you buy gooey duck? Taylor Shellfish Farms in Washington State ships live farm gooey duck for $35 per pound plus shipping. And remember, the minimal weight of a gooey duck clam is two pounds. So if you're thinking $70 per clam, what? Who'd buy that? Well, get this. Taylor Shellfish harvests and ships about 700,000 clams annually. Most of it goes to China. Clearly, gooey duck farming is huge business. Now, you should know that even though those seafood recommendation guides give gooey duck a good rating, there are some environmental concerns regarding commercial gooey duck clamming. PVC pipes and nets float away, storms toss the nettings ashore, the farming itself disrupts other marine creatures and birds who rely on that natural habitat. But for now, if you want gooey duck, your best bet is to find that awesome sushi bar and enjoy. I'll be right back with G is for grouper. Hey, welcome back. Welcome to the G is for grouper part of the program. If you've ever been to Florida or any Gulf Coast state or any of the islands in the Caribbean, I'm betting you ate a grouper sandwich or 20. Pan seared or grilled with a kiss of sea salt, pepper and olive oil, topped with a dollop of garlic aioli and nestled between a warm soft toasted bun takes me straight back to blue skies, soft sandy beaches and palm trees. Just add Jimmy Buffett and an icy margarita, baby. Hello, grouper sandwich. I'm sure I ate more grouper than any other species of fish when I lived in the Florida Keys for 10 years. And I can assure you, I was not the only one. Grouper is meaty and tender, mild and sweet. And grouper makes for more than just an amazing fish sandwich. It's very versatile. And because of its meaty texture and thick flakes, Grouper is suited for the oven, the grill, or the stovetop. Most of the grouper I ate back in the day was either black or red, the two most common grouper species in Florida at the time. There were other species like gag, scamp, yellowmouth, yellowfin, and the great goliath grouper to mention a few. In fact, there are over 400 species of grouper. And if you've ever fished for grouper, you know how tough a fight those squat, slow-moving fish can be. They like to burrow under rocks. And let me tell you something. I've caught more lines because a stubborn grouper just wouldn't budge. But when you do land a grouper, it's party time, baby. Now, it's worth noting that ecologists and fishermen agree that many grouper populations are threatened by overfishing. So how do you know which grouper to buy? Well, first, it's important to know which grouper species not to buy. According to Seafood Watch and Environmental Defense Fund, Warsaw, Snowy, Yellow Edge, and Longline Caught Gag Grouper 
are poor choices because of overfishing and declining populations. Fortunately, trusted grocery stores in the U.S. like Whole Foods Market, The Fresh Market, and Trader Joe's label the fish. So here's something else to look at at the market when you see grouper in the case. Since domestic grouper is in short supply, the price of grouper will be high. And I know that's a relative term, so don't be shocked at $20 to $25 per pound prices. If you see grouper on the market for a considerably lower price, it isn't domestic grouper. It's probably imported grouper, although it may not be grouper at all. Say what? Yes, it's true. For years, the food service industry has been dealing with a copycat fish called basa. It's an Asian catfish that resembles grouper in appearance. You might see it labeled swai in the market in the frozen aisle. And the way the restaurants get around that is to, instead of calling it a grouper sandwich, they call it a fish sandwich. Of course, anytime you see fish sandwich on the menu, the fish could be any white flesh species. But restaurateurs who value transparency and have ethics will let you know what you're eating. So go to the restaurants where you know the chefs care. You know, with the demand for fresh fish sandwiches, basa appeared to be a winner because not only is it a white fish, but basa costs much less. And if you didn't know, restaurants operate on super slim profit margins. In fact, I made very little money when I was in the restaurant business for 10 years. But there's hope, okay, as far as mislabeling and transparency go. While seafood fraud in general has been going on for decades, and for those illegal and unscrupulous fishermen and brokers trying to dupe customers in the industry, chefs, scientists, innovation, and technology are working to change the tides. For instance, the University of South Florida scientists developed a handheld device called Grouper Check, which identifies the type of fish you're eating. And while this system is not available for the consumer, it's the perfect tool for the supply chain distribution and chefs where much of the challenges lie. So now here's another cool thing um, that you can be aware of when you're shopping for grouper on the market. There is a distinct difference between the color of the flesh of a black grouper compared to that of a red grouper. Black grouper has a bright white flesh and the flesh of a red grouper, while still a white fish, it imparts a delicate pinkish hue to its flesh. And the reason you want to learn to notice this difference is because black grouper is generally more expensive than red grouper. Now, if you don't want to eat grouper or never see it at the market, but you still want a meaty thick white fish sandwich, try red snapper or mahi-mahi as a sustainable substitute. So much of what defines sustainable seafood has to do with where your fish comes from and the method of catch. Sustainable seafood is one that is good for you in the oceans, of course. Now, if you do find grouper at the end of your rod or at the market and need a recipe, I added two links in the show notes. One offers 54 grouper recipes from some of the hottest Florida restaurants. And the other link goes to a Pinterest page for your inspiration. Now, if you do buy grouper, remember when you get it home, store your fish in the coldest part of the refrigerator and then cook it within a day or two. Otherwise, pop it in the freezer and thaw it in the refrigerator 
24 hours prior to cooking. Got a question about grouper? Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And that's a wrap for this episode. Next up, H is for halibut and habitat. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Greenfish Blue Oceans and have a great two weeks.